Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. BWI Daily Edition coming to you on location. No. Not in Tampa, Florida. That's where Greg Pickle is. He checked in earlier in the week on the BWI Daily Edition. So if you want to check that out, make sure you check out our YouTube channel. If you're uh, listening or watching there, it's one of the videos on the channel. Or if you're listening to our podcast, just scroll through the most recent episodes. No, I'm Thomas Frank Carr. I'm coming to you live on location from my holiday vacation in Utah. Beautiful weather, beautiful clouds, beautiful mountains, and this bookcase. Am I right? Pretty location to shoot from, so a uh, huge thank you to my in-laws for letting me com- commandeer their studio or their office for my studio this week. So, like I said, your host Thomas Rankar, we're coming to you live on location one last time from Utah before I head back, and uh, I'll be back for the bowl game to cover Penn State football facing Arkansas in the Outback Bowl. Live post-game coverage coming to you 15 minutes after the final whistle for the Outback Bowl. Myself, Tom Hannafin giving you the ins and outs of what happened for Penn State football on the field against Arkansas. Today, we're going to give you a preview of that particular matchup. We're taking a look at the Arkansas defense to let you know what to expect on Saturday. I've watched the film. I've broken down their defensive schemes, the players to know. Give it to you today. So one last caveat before we get into some of the information is that I am recording this earlier in the week and things change by the minute when it comes to COVID, opt-outs, injuries. If any of that news crops up, of course, check out bluewhiteillustrated.com and you can sign up for just $1 for 12 months of access. Link is the top one in the video uh, description of this video so that you can sign up and you can get in there and get 12 months of access for just a dollar. That can't last forever. Just, you know, like business and things, we can't just keep giving stuff away. So sign up now, get it for a dollar. Don't miss this deal. I missed a deal on a TV for Christmas and I'm still mad. I was looking at it for, I was, I was going to buy it when I got home and boop, I missed the deal and I am so upset. So don't miss the deal. $1 for 12 months of access. BlueWhiteIllustrated.com for all the information and updates uh, leading into the Outback Bowl. Okay, so let's get into the Arkansas defense and what they do well and some of the players that I think you need to focus on. The first uh, batch of players that we're going to look at are, in fact, their linebackers. This is a strong group of football players, starting with the all-name team Bumper Pool, 53 stops according to PFF. Hayden Henry, he is, yes, he is the brother of Hunter Henry, who also went to Arkansas. Linebacker, he has 48 stops on the season. And then Grant Morgan, kind of a jack-of-all-trades hybrid linebacker. He has 39 stops on the season. Now, Arkansas, they base out of a three-down front, which means they have three linebackers, and they'll play three or they'll play three defensive linemen and then either five defensive backs or they'll put all three of those linebackers on the football field, depending on the matchup. But when you have a three-down front, typically that means you have big defensive linemen and fast-flowing linebackers to get to the football, and that is absolutely the case with this group, is they are not the biggest players in the world. I think you can even see with uh, Grant Morgan, he's 5'11", 235. 
None of these guys, even if they've got good frames in Henry and Poole, nobody over the 230 mark uh, with great size and physicality. So they are a group that runs to the football, but they need to be kept clean. And that has been the area that with the Arkansas defense, when they struggle, that's what they struggle with. Those defensive linemen having enough depth and talent up front in that, uh, in that three down front system where you have to pick up double teams. You have to make sure guards don't get to the second level, tight ends, things like that to get to those fast, aggressive linebackers that come downhill and try to attack the football. So the defensive ends in particular, I think, are the weakness for this Arkansas front, where they don't always hold up well in those double teams and at the point of attack. Uh, They can get moved off the football, and if you have a physical presence along the offensive line, that can be a problem with those linebackers, because if you can get to the second level, they do run around blocks that sometimes they're not. It's not a severe problem because they're still good football players that we're highlighting, but you can make them run around blocks. They don't always play through contact and get to the football in that efficient manner when you have the size and strength to take on guards at the second level. So that's going to be a key for Penn State football is moving, especially those those defensive ends off the ball. One note about the defensive ends before we get on to another player I want to highlight is Trey Williams, as you probably have heard, opted out of the bowl game. He is their only pass rusher. Morgan as a blitzer, he's pretty good. But as far as a true edge defender, it was kind of like Penn State where he had 36 pressures on the season, according to PFF, a handful of sacks, and then everyone else was fighting for a distant second. So Rashid Walker, we talked to uh, Greg Pickle yesterday from some of his observations of practice, some of his observations of who is and isn't there. I don't know that losing Rashid Walker is a huge deal given that uh, Arkansas has also lost their fastball in, in pass rush and in passing situations. I'm interested to see about what happens along the Penn State offensive line because they've had time to prepare for this. James Franklin uh, gave some vague comments at the end of the season about Rasheed Walker and how they keep him. They kept him away from our view because maybe he could play, maybe he couldn't play, maybe he was close to returning, maybe he wasn't. It wasn't just the flu. And now we see him in crutches, so... You know, I think they've had time to prepare for what they want this offense to, offensive line to look like, and that means where does Landon Tangwall play? That's what I want to know the most because every vibe I've been getting, every uh, sort of reading the tea leaves has been they've talked about him everywhere but left tackle. They say, yes, he can play there, but he can also play at center, guard, the other tackle. If I had a had to bet, and what we've heard is Olaf Ashunu will start at left tackle, so I'm interested to see him play for the first time and how the line combination works when they want it to. And that is another key factor in this matchup is that Juice Scruggs, from what we've seen of practice, has been lining up at center more than at guard. And, and these are quick snapshots, but that was the most effective grouping at the end of the season where Juice Scruggs was, was at center. Mike Miranda was free then to down block and to be a more mobile physical blocker where he could run his feet into contact. And he's going to need to do that because uh, the strength of the defensive line is John Ridgway in the center. Six foot six, 320 pounds. This is exactly what Penn State has struggled with all season. Nose tackles that are big, physical monsters that can stop the run. And that is exactly what Ridgway is. You single team him against the center. He is going to push that player three yards 
yards into the backfield. And at 320 pounds, he is way bigger than Juice Scruggs. So it's going to take a lot of muscle to move him off the ball. And it's going to take Penn State being uh, on their game and having the best possible lineup to be able to run the ball against uh, against Arkansas, which is possible. But again, not a great matchup with, with Ridgeway in the middle. And some of the struggles Penn State has had of moving people and then getting to the second level and doing that efficiently. Uh, the other thing is that they don't have a ton of good depth behind Ridgeway at that nose tackle position. A couple of guys come in, they're good, and they might be successful against Penn State, but there are no other difference makers really along the defensive line other than John Ridgeway, who is a big nose tackle. I mean... He is all of that 320 pounds. He is all of that 6'6". So when he's in the game, Penn State might want to consider running, you know, to the outside. Uh, so that the front seven, that really wraps up what they do and what they don't do. Good coverage linebackers, by the way. Those those guys we highlighted earlier, especially Poole and I think uh, Hayden Henry, run to the football really well. They use a lot of uh, matchup zones where those guys are, are flying to the flat, flying to the edge of the, of the perimeter of the defense, and covering line uh, tight ends and, and running backs out of the backfield. So those matchups with Penn State's running backs might also be an advantage when it comes to their ability to cover and keep those underneath zones in check. And that is one of the interesting things about this team is that I think Penn State's seen a lot of aggressive defenses so far this year, and that is not the case for uh, for Arkansas. They primarily want to play zone coverage, two high safeties, three high safeties, which I'll get to in a little bit because it's an interesting wrinkle that Penn State really hasn't seen as much this year. But like I said, really lack edge pressure. They usually only rush four, and they are more than comfortable of rushing just three and dropping eight into coverage. When it comes to the coverage schemes they run, they run primarily too high, but they will run multiple coverage families, and they aren't afraid from time to time to rush five and then uh, play man coverage with a single high safety. So they do a little bit of everything. And to me, that's the problem because they have uh, one defensive back that I think is pretty good. And I'll, I'll throw this up here again so you can see him. Uh, Monteric Brown, excuse me. He's the guy that you need to know about five interceptions, but even he's given up a couple touchdowns. Uh, overall, the cover scheme is, is more of the story than it is the players because they play such soft coverage. They keep everything in front of them, even more, I'd say, than Penn State's defense. Uh, they don't really give up touchdowns, but they also give up a good number of yards and a good number of catches and completion percentage. They are all about keeping the ball in front of them and making you dink and dunk down the football field. But that's what Penn State's done all year long. That is exactly what they've done. So a couple of the interesting wrinkles in the secondary, like I said, it's much more about scheme so far than, than the players running it, uh, is that there's multiple systems that they run, including three high safeties that you've seen primarily in the Big 12, where you have a single safety in the middle, and then two safeties on the outside, either the slot corner or a third safety. And what that does is it creates an immediate umbrella coverage that you can roll to and rotate from based on, uh, you know, run plays and jet sweeps and things like that. Really, in the uh, Oklahoma runs this system quite a bit where they, they line up their slot corner 10 yards off the ball, and they have him fly downhill to fill the alley from that position to keep a lid on the defense. This allows them to seamlessly transition from a two-high look to a three-high look, gives you some uh, cloud coverages where they can keep the corners aggressive up in the flat and tackle in those screen game situations, which everyone is, f is fond of running now. But what this does is it gives you five players in the box. So that screams run. 
that is that is goading the the offensive coordinator to run the football, and that is going to be really. I think the success or failure of this game is can Penn State establish enough of a ground game to take advantage of that, whether it's uh, when Ridgeway isn't in the game or when uh, they're able to hit things to the outside. Because with five in the box, and if, if you are able to competently run the football, you can run them out of those looks and make them be a little bit more aggressive, take those shots that you want to take, because otherwise they're keeping a lid on everything. But I don't expect any of that to happen with the Penn State offense. So to me, this is going to be kind of the same thing. You might get more movement in the middle of the defense from, uh, from Miranda at right guard, but I wouldn't expect a great day on the ground for Penn State football unless something happens and Olafashunu turns out to be the next great left tackle, or Landon Tangwell, whoever's lining up there, that's really what I think is going to be the difference for Penn State, because everything else, if it if it goes according to plan, it's going to be another dink and dunk day, and this time Penn State doesn't have Jahan Dotson, so it's going to be a lot of Parker Washington. It's going to be a lot of tight ends. It's going to be a lot of Theo Johnson, who came on strong at the end of the season, and maybe some running backs out of the backfield. But these two teams, when it comes to how they play, Penn State, they want to be aggressive, but they have turned into a ball control offense, and that's what Arkansas wants you to be. So uh, I think that you can get points against this team. Penn State's going to get yards against this team because Sean Clifford, fully healthy, is going to present a running problem and a running threat for this defense. And also, he's shown he's competent in operating an offense where there isn't pressure, and you're not going to get pressure from Arkansas. So Penn State has a great chance to score points and, and keep up with that offense for Arkansas that can really, uh, I think, establish the running game and, and lay the wood and get points on offense. So I don't know that it'll be a high-scoring game because it's going to be a lot of 15-play drives, but there should be a lot of offense in this game. So that'll do it today for the BWI Daily Edition. That's your look at Arkansas's defense and Penn State's offense, matchups, and how you might uh, the game might go. Make sure you stay tuned. Subscribe to Blue White Illustrated wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube so you don't miss anything. This is BWI Daily Edition. I'm your host, Thomas Ryan Carr. We'll talk to you tomorrow.